This is the Scott Bradley Show podcast. It is time for the brightest conversation in Hamilton Radio. That's what we like to call it here during this particular show every Friday. And in joining us, freshly back, still has that down south, fresh Florida scent about him. Fresh oranges and other citrus. Mike Fortune from Cable 14. How are you, sir? I am doing great. Just is... back. Just back from from the Disney experience. Oh, and, and an experience it was, my friend. Is this your first time with the kids? Yes, it is. And last. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, listen, it, it, it was awesome on a number of levels. I've had a few days now to reflect. Had I been on your show the Monday we got back, this would be a whole other conversation. Which would have been what then? It would have been pretty negative. <laughs> it would have been, it would have been because I'm telling you, as much as we prepared ourselves for it, we still weren't ready for the amount of walking. It was the, a lot of walking. The amount, because you have to understand when we booked this, we didn't take any time off in between. We did six parks in seven days. You're up at eight. You're back in your room by seven, eight o'clock at night. Um, so, if if I hear or, or hear another screaming, whining, crying baby again, it will be too soon. If I we, they have stroller derby. Did you know what? Do you know what stroller derby is? I don't. Stroller derby at nine oh one when the parks close. All the strollers. You're dodging strollers left, right, and center. It was it was something else. However, it was for the kids. At this point, is this when I start going? We were on that ride. Uh, it, it was that ride was fantastic. I gotta say, some of the rides are are very cool. Harry Potter was awesome. Uh, Buzz Lightyear, cool. Um, a lot of the rides. <laughs> oh, um, it's like I'm back there reliving it all over again. Thanks, Scott. Uh, it's a small world after yes, all. Yes, yes. Well, over and over, over and, and over. over. Um, you know, I was and not just on the ride while you're waiting for the while ride. you're waiting for. I have to say though, they're very clever. It's not like when you go to Wonderland and you you go through the snake and you're you're standing in the sun. A lot of it's covered. A lot of it's shaded. They got shows and they TV got shows. Stuff, they got yeah. lots of things going on. So very the smart. longest wait we ever did have was seventy minutes. Wow, uh, that was for a ride that my son really wanted going, and he's not a rides guy. Everything else, we were pretty smart. They have an excellent app. Their yes. app is phenomenal with their wait times. We had a bunch of fast passes, uh, a lot, and I mean a lot of food. Um, but did you get a turkey drumstick? No, we did not because we did, we weren't buying any snacks on location. Yeah, but the turkey drumstick, Mike, is the essential Disney. Now, for those who don't know what the turkey drumstick is, I mean, you know what a turkey drumstick is, but these turkey drumsticks, I don't know where the deal is that Disney has signed to get these, but these are turkeys that were grown in the wild fields of Chernobyl. Never heard these of them. are these drumsticks are the size of one of those Fred Flintstone's brontosaurus legs. <laughs> it's a two fist turkey yeah, drumstick. I you got to hold, and somehow, and I don't know how, it tells you something about what ham really tastes like. I don't know oh, what, really. I don't know what ham really tastes like, and I'll say that because when you get the turkey drumstick, it tastes just like ham. And I'm thinking, okay. well, if they can make a turkey drumstick taste like ham, what's the actual taste of ham? Yeah. Or is it just the stuff <laughs> they put into the ham that makes it taste like that? But no, oh, the turkey, you're going to have to go back no, only no. to get the turkey drumstick. I'll take your word for it, Scott. We'll oh, not be going back. Best thing ever. Well. Grease just rolling down your arm in the hot Florida sun. Look, I even was cautious when I was there. <laughs> I was actually trying to eat as much salad as I I could all right. I'm what? Just, I was just trying. I'm trying to watch it because it. You can just consume so much food, and you can only do so you much. You need to keep your calories up for the, all the walking. So I tracked our steps, and in eight days, one hundred and thirty thousand steps. Convert that to kilometers. Ninety nine kilometers. You walked ninety nine kilometers in eight days. 
Think about that. That's, that's pretty just, good. That's crazy. That's pretty good. My feet were burning how come has, Wednesday night. How has Disney not put out an advertising campaign about come here to get in shape? Get in, hey, I'm telling you. I didn't put on any weight. I can tell you that. It is. Uh, it See, is now what, my, my wife is texting me to correct me on everything. Oh, yes. What, and what is what did you get wrong already? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. There. Uh, Oh, it's regarding something. It's regarding our my daughter's dance class tonight. So. Oh, so so she's not <laughs> she's correcting. Not, she's not correcting me yet. <laughs> she now, will. Did, did you get how old are your kids? Uh, Jaden is thirteen. Presley is ten. Uh, oh, Pres- so that's the right age. Presley was awesome. She went on a lot of rides. Uh, my son, not a big rides guy, and that's cool. Uh, we got him on a few. Um, I, I think the one that it was Aerosmith ride was awesome. Rock and roller coaster. Yes, absolutely. You've been on it? Oh, like about a hundred and ten times. When it shoots you off like that fantastic and i'm not a rides guy so for me to go from i don't want to touch these to i couldn't get enough of them it was kind of weird and now what is in right next to rock and roller coaster it used to be the tower of terror but they've changed it haven't they no tower of terror is still yeah. there i so, won't do that one though so years ago many t- over well it'd be 13 years ago now i ended up a uh, very fortunate thing ended up on a media junket for disney's 50th anniversary cool and i won't go through the whole story but they treat the media way too well and one night they closed the park early, and so we had the run. We were just going back and forth between mm-hmm. Rock and Roller Coaster and Tower of Terror, eating buffet shish kebabs in between. You're living the dream, man. Oh man, it's uh, but no, Disney World is is uh, look. I, I our family maybe we're just odd that way. Uh, I'd go back there in a second. Mm-hmm. Every single day, I love Disney World. Everyone's different. Everyone's I love different. Disney World, but and thirteen and ten is the right age. It is. I'm I'm glad we went. I I I marvel at the the imagination, the creativity, and the engineering that goes into to build these rides. Universal Studio was awesome. My kids loved the Jimmy Fallon ride. Uh, the There's a Jimmy B- Fallon ride. Yeah, NBC. Yeah. What, how do you race Jimmy race Fallon? Through, race that through, almost sounds rude. Race through New York. Oh. Yeah, and it's all 4D, 3D stuff. You put on your glasses, you're sitting in a theater, and you get the drops in your stomach. It was, uh, it, it, there were a lot of positives, but we wouldn't do it again. All right. Well, we'll, we'll beg to differ because I'm going back the minute I can. Anyway. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show. Weeknights from 6 to 8. Only on 900 CHML. All right. So you have heard this story then this week that uh, I found curious. Mm-hmm. Because I found it very out of character, and this is the story about Mayor Fred Eisenberger sending out this rather pointed tweet, personal tweet. Councillor Skelly? At Councillor Skelly. And and a lot of people have sort of said a tweet that was out of line, was personal, was not really befitting the Mm -hmm. office of the mayor. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Was it over the top, or if you are Fred Eisenberger, if you are defending your legacy and the project that will define your legacy, which is the LRT, do you want him to go hard after anyone who would take on that issue? I truly believe, and I'm, I'm a fan of Fred. I, I consider him a, a friend. We've, we've done some projects together. Um, with that said, I truly believe comments like that should be kept behind closed doors. You have a council chambers, you have your council offices behind the scenes. I think it would have behooved Councillor or Mayor Fred Eisenberger to maybe have sat down with Councillor Skelly behind closed doors, had a little chat um, to get the facts straight, and then maybe release a statement. But to, as, as a lot of people are on social media nowadays, to be so quick on the trigger and put out one or two or three tweets, and then it's there forever, 
Um, I, I, I wouldn't have, I would not have advised the mayor to have done that. I would have taken a much more laid back approach. I get it. He's under the gun right now. This, this, this LRT thing I think is about to potentially blow up and this will define his legacy like Tim Hortons field. Um, and we are going into an election year. I get, he is trying to do everything he can to, uh, pump up his tires, if you will, taking from a, a hockey phrase a few years ago. I don't think it was the right move for him, personally. When you say behind closed doors, would that include, even though it's not behind closed doors at all, but would that include in council? If you're in a council chambers meeting and you were to take someone on on this, would that be okay? Again, I think it would truly depend on the circumstances and the timing. Uh, if Again, if it was me in that situation and I had heard Councillor Skelly was apparently talking and saying stuff, speaking on behalf of... Can, uh, council and Hamilton and LRT, I would have gone, I think, behind, I don't think I would have even which done Which she has, by the way, which she has completely she denied. Completely denied. And, and and again, we truly don't we know. We don't know. We, we, we have no clue. And I, I would think the mayor doesn't truly know either. I think he may have reacted to things that he potentially was hearing uh, either through social media or other forums or maybe just through some chatter within council. I think a lot of these things, I think a lot of people really need to take a long, hard look at their social media etiquette, put it down, and get back to old school where you can sit down and have a civilized conversation face-to-face. Because then at least if you say something face-to-face, it's not out there, no one else, we, we wouldn't be talking about this then. What struck me about this, and where I found this very odd, and I said this earlier this week uh, mm-hmm. when we were chatting on the show, where mm-hmm. I found this very odd is... I find this generally very out of character with the mayor. I've had plenty of dealings with the mayor. I've maybe some people in other circumstances would say otherwise, but I've found him to generally not be the kind of guy who fires off all of his cannons and then agreed uh, that that's not my experience with him. Others may say they disagree, but that's not mine. So I found this odd. Um, but the initial thing that came to mind when I saw this goes to what you said a few seconds ago, and that is, if we're at this point where this is the reaction, there must be legitimate concern, legitimate concern that this LRT thing is about to run into some much more serious problems than we may have thought. We may have thought this was something that, you know, people are disagreeing with whatever. If you are now going to these lengths and making these kind of insults and comments, this must suggest that he believes things are perilous. And I believe I read a, a statement today and I'm, I'm just ad-libbing here. So people out there don't hold me to it, but I believe Councillor Farr said 10 of the 15 councillors. Said that on this show. Did He, he said it on this show. 10 of 15 councillors would have to relook at things if Doug Ford is in and if this money is if it's transferable. Legit. If and, it's legit. And and Jason and, uh, Jason Farr said it over and over, yes. and I did too. If, it's a if, giant if, huge. underlined, capitalized, but if that money is legit, he said he expected that 10 councillors would want to at least rethink or revisit or look at again what, what's the best option. Which pushes all of this back months, if not years. So yes, Mayor Fred Eisenberger is, I believe, under the gun. He's the, the, the he's on the hot seat right now, out of character completely, and uh, I hope it doesn't hurt him. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show weeknights from six to eight only on 900 CHML. We're just in the process of chatting about this tweet from Fred Eisenberger. Well, not at two at 
more like Donna Skelly uh, earlier this week about LRT. Frank writes in and says, you shouldn't be discussing this in the way you are. Eisenberger should be reprimanded for such an underhanded and outward remark through the entire social media audience, through the entire social media audience. If this happened in an employer-employee circumstance, he would be in violation of the Standards Act. Do you have the tweet there anywhere, Scott? Can we read the tweet out to everyone again? I will. Uh, I'm going to try and pull it up here. Yeah. Uh, but it and is. I, I, I love, Frank, I get it. And I understand what you're saying. And, and perhaps you are correct if this was any other. And, and who knows? Maybe someone might actually uh, put a complaint towards Mayor Fred Eisenberger and have people look into it. You truly don't know. And if you were working for any other corporate or small business, I'm sure you could go to HR and say, "Hey, why should I being, why am I being talked to like this? Whether it be face to face or behind a keyboard." Um, I am, you know, we don't know what was going through Mayor Eisenberger's head at this time uh, during this. Maybe he even has some regrets. I don't know. Maybe he'll come out with a tweet saying it shouldn't have been so hard. Would that be acceptable as an apology? I don't know. Uh, maybe something might be said at next council, which uh, is coming up this coming Wednesday. Of course, you can watch that live right on cable 14. It's it's. This has been a very interesting term with a lot of councillors getting themselves into a lot of hot water, well, whether let me, it be face-to-face About or, social media. Let me read it. Media. For those who don't know it, I'm sure everyone's heard it by now. Uh, this is what he wrote on May 1st. She's a rookie counselor who does not speak on behalf of the city of Hamilton. Council decided to move forward and she should stop undermining its decision. She doesn't care much about Hamilton, just wants to be MPP. This is her third attempt. Ward 7 was just a novelty. I said last or earlier this week when we were chatting, you know, the part about whether or not she council decided to move forward and she should stop undermining that part. He, I really believe he could have got away with that would have been, you know, his opinion, whatever. It's the personal stuff that followed about how she doesn't care about Hamilton that I, I, I just, that to me didn't sound like him. And again, it goes back to the point about there must be a lot of pressure or a lot of sense in his mind or with people around him that this thing may be in trouble. But it goes also to the whole, and you just were alluding to it, the whole social media thing. I, I'm i amazed always that so many public figures find themselves in so much trouble with social media that that I know it's, it's, it's a dangerous thing because you're just one thumbprint away from sending something that you may have had a, a thought, but probably you should give it some, you know, what's the old, when I was coaching kids sports, we had the 24 hour rule. Don't talk to the coach for 24 hours. Let yourself calm down and think this thing through. And then if it's still an issue, fine. And, and that's fine in that aspect. Because but this you, is immediate. You can get in your separate cars and take off. Because everything is so accessible over the phone and you always have it on you at any time of the day, wake up at 2 in the morning, you can send out a tweet. Listen, again... This was, as you alluded to, very uncharacteristic of Mayor Fred Eisenberger. The pressure, the heat, the upcoming election, it's all piling. I believe it's all piling on all 15 of them at this point. Well, if it isn't now, it will be soon. It will be soon because the other thing is this LRT thing. If Doug Ford gets elected, and we're tying in two different things here, but if Doug Ford gets elected, especially if he gets a majority... The LRT then becomes a very active topic for the city election, for municipal, and then every single councillor will be on, who's incumbent is going to be on the hot seat with their, with their voters about which way they voted on this and whether their voters like or dislike what they're doing. This becomes a huge issue. I, 
And it was Counselor Lloyd Ferguson who, during one or both of those marathon LRT debates at council chambers, and he has said a few times, if we don't make a decision now, and I'm ad-libbing again, but basically this will not move forward because of new potential government. And mark his words, look what may happen. It could. And, and you know what's not been said? And would it surprise you? No, what's not no. been said at any point along this way is it's 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 feasible. It's not uh, it's not crazy, I don't think. It's not completely out of the realm of possibility that even if we decide to keep the LRT that it might not happen. That the that the provincial government last night Marvin Ryder was on this show and we were chatting about the difference of opinion between the liberals budget which is a 6 billion dollar deficit mm-hmm. and the auditor generals uh, Bonnie Lissick and the a uh, financial accountability officer, and they both say it's going to be $11.5, billion. Well, as Marvin Ryder said on here, all even though the, the conservatives and NDP are taking shots at the liberals for having bad numbers, they say, mm-hmm. those two parties are still basing their promises on the numbers they say are bad. Well, now either one of them comes into office and looks at the numbers and says, oy, 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 how do we do this? Mm-hmm. Is it crazy to think that a government may come in and say, we just can't afford this. We just can't afford this. We're going to have to stop a lot of different projects. And yeah, you know what? The city of Hamilton has committed a hundred million dollars. We'll pay for that. We'll cover that. But we can't do a billion, a billion three. And do you not think that would actually be very refreshing to hear for a change? We're, we're putting we're putting a halt on things. Well, we, we can't do what was promised because we have other responsibilities and we're going to be the government that is going to put a halt to all this spending and get back on track. Depends on what your definition of refreshing is. I think there are a lot of people who support LRT who would say that would be anything but refreshing. But if you are someone who isn't necessarily an LRT supporter or who is a fiscal conservative Agreed. or at least a wants a little more work to be done to get rid of this debt or the deficit, then yeah. It, but refreshing, refreshing is one of those words that is either cor- absolutely correct or absolutely incorrect, depending on your politics. Water cooler talk, where where your daily duties are at the Spectator. At this point, Scott, and and because I'm comparing to where I work on a daily basis, do you no- do you find you notice people just aren't interested in LRT anymore? It, it's 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 just pe- who cares anymore? Oh no, I, it's not that they don't care. I, I absolutely disagree with that. Okay. I, but it's not that they don't care. It's that everyone is so dug into their position that we're past the point of anyone changing their mind on this thing. Fair it, you, if you are for it, you are for it. If you're against it, you're against it. I don't think in the last six months, one person has changed their opinion on this. So it's 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 who is going to get the most votes and what's going to happen with a provincial election. It's not about winning over the choir. The choir yeah. has already decided who they're singing for. I hear you're listening to The Scott Radley Show. Weeknights from 6 to 8, only on 900 CHML. Mike Fortune from Cable 14, freshly back from Disney. You can still smell the mouse on him. We didn't get to meet Mickey, actually. You never met Mickey? No, Mickey, uh, my daughter was actually upset by that. We met Buzz Lightyear um, and, and Woody. I did get my photo taken with Cinderella. You did? And That's Elsa. Oh. Uh, when we went for the first time with our kids... Because we've been a couple times, three times, I guess. Uh, the very first character that we came across was Alice from Alice in Wonderland. Okay, yeah. And let's just say that it was unusual because Alice was clearly having a bad day. Oh, really? Because that's not <laughs> Disney-like. No, Alice was grumpy. 
Oh. Alice did not want her picture taken, and she whipped off that signature and was gone, and my daughter was... Wow. Huh. I wonder how long Alice stuck around in the park after that, because they are trained... She... Oh, yeah. ...to be... Oh, yeah, to trained. Happy. They are... It is like Jonestown. It they, is. It is. They, they are well-trained. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, you know... She yeah. must have missed that day of class. Must have. But you had to fly down, and I bring this up, I bring the flying mm-hmm. down, because... I don't know if I mentioned, I don't know if it was on this show. I don't know what we were talking about the other day, but Terry Pekoski, my colleague from The Spectator, is up in the Sioux covering the Bulldogs this weekend with their OHL Championship Series. And she's doing a great job. She is uh, doing a very good job, as she always does. And left from Toronto downtown, got on a plane. It was an hour and a half flight, roughly. They were about to descend to the Sioux airport when they had an electrical problem of some kind or a malfunction. And they decided we can't land in the Sioux Mm. My understanding is, now it wasn't so technically horrible that they couldn't land anywhere. They didn't want to land the plane in the Sioux because I guess they have all their technicians and everything back in Toronto. They don't want to abandon the plane or strand the plane there. So rather than landing, they flew all the way back to Toronto, Hmm. landed the plane, got them onto a different plane and flew them back up. But the one and a half hours that it was supposed to take ended up taking like five and a half or six hours for the whole experience. So here's the question. Here's why I mentioned this. Yep. Many people, I am sure, who are listening have had travel interruptions, travel delays, travel whatever. Mm-hmm. And there seems to be now this assumption or expectation that if your plane is late, if your plane is delayed, if something happens that the airline will... Do something to make good for you. You'll get a coupon. You'll get a, a money back. You'll get bumped up. Whatever. Is that a is that a realistic? Should we? Is that what we should be expecting from airlines? Because I, I mean, sure, it's great. Look, if you, if my plane is late and they want to move me to first class, I'm not arguing with them. If my plane is late and they want to give me a hundred dollar voucher for the next flight, I, I, I'm not going to argue with them, but is that what we should be expecting now? I don't think so at all. I think we're a very greedy society and, and, and patience. <laughs> I'm the last one should, that should be talking about patience. My, my wife knows that she's probably laughing right now. Patience is a virtue and sometimes just beep happens. You know what I'm saying? And you can't always expect a handout. Yes, I get it. You spend a lot of money on flights and you got to pay a lot of money for baggage. But sometimes flights get delayed. Mother Nature herself says, you know what? Things aren't going to go how everyone wants today. So, no, I don't think everyone should expect a freebie or a handout. You should just be grateful that you actually get on the plane and then you get there safe. See, there's people that will be right now arguing vigorously with your position and will say similar thing. If my bag gets lost, that I should get some sort of gift certificate or something for that. And I've we've had our bags lost before. Okay. Thankfully, we've never had our bags lost en route to where we're going. They've always been on the way home from where we're going. Although we've seen people who've lost their bags on the way there. I don't, I, I just have a hard time applying the same standards that we seem to expect from airlines to other facets of society. So for example, if you go through a Tim Hortons drive-thru, and you've ordered a large double-double, and you drive through, and what they give you is a large black coffee. I'm having a large black coffee. I, I well, really don't get upset by that But even if you stuff. then drive around again no, and go back waiting. to the window and say, I'm sorry, I ordered a double-double, you gave me a black coffee, we don't follow that up by saying, and now I expect my $20 no. gift card for future coffees. You, you are expecting them to fix it. Now, 
and you're right. And there are some fantastic people out there where if you did walk into a Tim Hortons and that happened, and again, it depends if the manager, who, who whoever has the right, maybe they might say, really sorry for that inconvenience. Here's the correct order, and here's a donut on the house. That's good PR. That's good customer service. But that's not an expectation. It's not an expectation. It should never be expected. My bags are lost. Heaven forbid. I'm, I'm the master packer, by the way. My bag will never get lost because I, I can pack a week's worth of clothes in a carry-on. So I never have to worry about my bags being lost. If a bag gets lost, again, some good customer service should just automatically be, we are very sorry. We will rectify this and we will give you a gift certificate of 100, 150 bucks. But it shouldn't be expected. It should not. Nothing in this world should be expected or expect handouts or freebies. Expect to go the hard way. Expect that the bag will be gone, will be lost forever. And if something good happens out of it, so be it. You say you're the master packer. How are you at putting a worm on a hook? Don't answer that question. Back after this. Stay with us. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show. Weeknights from 6 to 8. Only on 900 CHML. We're chatting about customer service. Started out because my colleague Terry Pekoski from The Spectator ended up with a flight snafu. That Did she led get to, anything oh, in return? And she got a, I think she said she got a $50... Uh, coupon or something else towards future flights. Okay. Sorry to interrupt you. No, no. I, but here's the thing. She didn't ask for it. Uh, I asked her, whether, you know, did you go up? Well, I sort of jokingly asked her, did you go up and scream and yell at them to get it? She goes like, no, no, no. I didn't ask for anything. They just... But there, it seems that we have certain expectations of certain businesses that there will be absolute perfection. And if there's not perfection, we expect that there's going to be something given to us where other businesses... We don't have anywhere close to this level of expectation that something will be given if something goes wrong. I use Tim Hortons as an example. Go to a restaurant. If they bring you the wrong food and you say, I'm sorry, this is the wrong food, they might comp your meal, but they'll usually just take your plate and they'll make it right and they'll bring it back and maybe add a dessert. I don't know if they will or not. Some places will, some won't. You talked about your your you know uh, situations where you've had stuff. As long as it's not... Uh, affecting like, okay. So we were coming home from a trip several a month, a couple, a couple months ago, and the flight was delayed, which caused us to miss our connecting flight. Well, in that case, I expect them to get me home, right? Figure something out. Of course. Then, okay. So but now, you're not, you're not expecting anything on top of no, that. You I'm just, ex- you just get me to my destination, please. Yes. But I, so why has it, why have airlines and I, for the record, I don't have any relations who work for airlines. I have no tie into the airline industry. I have no yeah. stocks in airlines, nothing like that. I'm not defending the airlines. I'm just puzzled by this because of this situation. Why have airlines become the place that seemingly if something goes wrong, if you miss your flight, if it's that you must be compensated for that? Because it seems like that's now the expectation. Uh, it, they have become a punching bag. And again, I think it comes back down to if you look at that bill of what you just paid Maybe. for that return flight and all the extra baggage, you're like, wait a second, I want more. I think, that's, I think it comes down to bottom line and what you've paid this company to do for you. But you have to, you, you have to in your mind, when you book a flight to Mexico, Florida, Africa, Timbuktu, you can only control so much. The airlines can only do so much. They can get you through customs, get you on the plane, and get you there safe. Is Timbuktu still a place? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Used to be. I, I, I I only expect 
what I get, what I, I'm paid. You've for. paid for a safe arrival. I paid for a safe. And by the way, I'm not the kind. I don't clap when we land. I, no, I, I know. God no. I've only done it once. No one ever claps every time I make a sale in my day job. I'm not going to clap yeah, because a pilot has done his job. We properly. did it once in very bad weather when we were landing, and it was white knuckle stuff. When we touched down, Fair I was enough. I wasn't necessarily clapping for the pilot. I was clapping to make sure I was still alive. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, I can feel my hands. <laughs> okay, I'm still hands. here. Yeah, I can exactly. hear. No, it, it, it's it's I I don't. We talked about this off air. I don't expect anything above and beyond. I just expect to get what I have paid for. If something else happens, great. Now, the other the other scenario in this particular thing is if the airline loses your bag en route to your destination, and we saw this once, we went on a cruise, mm-hmm. and some poor woman showed up and the bag got lost on her way to the ship. Well, she had to board the ship. The airline had no idea where her bag was, okay. so she boarded wearing a bathing suit so, and a muumuu. But but and and that's, <laughs> and that's, that's all she It's had. funny, it's hysterical, but that is stupidity on her part. You should always cuz you're allowed to bring on a carry-on and if you're a woman you can bring on an extra purse, I guess, and if you're a guy you can bring on an extra backpack, whatever. You should always always be prepared with an extra set of socks, well, underwear, shirt, and a fair pair enough. of shorts. She she wasn't she wasn't prepared to carry her formal wear and other things. So No, and I get that. So but she you can ended still up having in a nice so the airline though, or something. Yeah, but the airline, you know, in that case, I ex- in that case, I would say, okay, the airline then should probably buy, pay for a dress or something for her so she can be properly attired. The funny part was, uh, she spent the entire cruise drinking for free because every person just saw the Moo Moo woman <laughs> who lost her luggage. Well, I'll buy you a drink. I'll buy. She probably made more off that than I, anything else. And there you go. And you know what? Hey, people like to go out and shop when they're on vacation. You're shopping for a whole new wardrobe. I, I think we have to start looking at the, the brighter side of things. Sometimes things just happen for a reason. Make the best out of it if you can. And again, I'm the last person to speak because there are times when I can get extremely irritated and upset, but I'm trying to have this different mindset and thought regarding No, it's, it's a good one because I think that we have become people who expect, we expect stuff. If anything goes wrong, we expect stuff until... We're the ones who caused something to go wrong. And then it's like, why are you expecting? You shouldn't be expecting that. It was just a simple mistake. I got a, I got a great line again. Um, two, I have to, refer, I have to uh, correct myself. Two of the most wisest people I know, my mom and my dad. My, my, I was, we're going through some renovations and all that, Scott. As you know, we talk about it off the top, um, off camera. And we, we have issues with renovations. And my dad said, he goes, when you're talking to your contractor, your supplier, all you have to say to them is, my money is perfect. I just want a perfect product. There's nothing wrong with my money that I'm giving you, so you just look after me. Just I, And um, I don't expect above and beyond. I just want what I've paid for. Anytime something like this happens and you miss a flight or whatever else, just think of Tommy Alsup. You know who Tommy Alsup was? No, don't know the name. He was the guy who was supposed to fly on the plane with Buddy Holly. Oh. But Richie Valens was sick. There we go. And he decided, I'll take the next one. Enough said. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show. Weeknights from 6 to 8. Only on 900 CHML. This week, we heard from, again, it was called the financial... What do they call The financial... Accountability officer. You struggled with that one. A I, times. I just, I cannot remember this. The financial accountability officer. What, what's the, the FAO? The FAO. 
And the FAO, if you were listening again yesterday, we we're talking to Marvin Ryder about this. The FAO, the Financial Accountability Officer, which is an independent body that oversees government finances, not surprisingly, basically agreed with the Auditor General from a week or so ago that the provincial liberals' budget numbers are askew, that instead of a $6 billion deficit, we're probably looking at 11 or $12 billion. Now, I'm going to leave the politics part as in who's right out of this for a moment, because we're, you okay. know what, I, this is not about is Kathleen Wynne telling the truth or is someone else telling the truth? This is not about, do you want to vote liberal or do okay. you like their platform? Fair enough. I want to go to the very bare bones because this, this could be any party. This could be any single party that is running, that is in government, that comes up with a budget that one of these accountability officers or auditor general is going to take issue with. Here's the thing. Should we not, by now, have with our government a standard operating process by which we acknowledge and agree upon how accounting is done? What can count as a positive, what can count as a negative, what you can have as a revenue, what you can have as an expense. It, it seems that each party, when they want to, can play around with whatever numbers they want and try and spin things to look however they want. And it's not just the liberals. We've seen it from other parties. We've seen it from the conservatives. We've seen it from the NDP. Shouldn't there be a standard by which they all have to operate so that we can understand with some confidence what the heck they're talking about? So you're talking basic accounting 101, that, that they should all basically follow. If, if I'm hearing you right, a basic, this is how it is, debits, credits, expenses, and before they come out with a, when they c- come into office, we should say this ahead of time. Here are things that, that are expenses or credits. Here yep. are things that are debits. You can't play around and say this that everyone else would consider a debit is really a credit or vice versa. It, it seems so basic. It does seem basic. And I was saying it kind of tongue in cheek. I, th- again, we're not in that world, so we don't know. I think it does get more complicated than that. I I think there are a lot of situations that come up where dollars can be moved around. And of course, you're going to do it to make it better for yourself. But again, going back to your question, I think what you are putting out there is a fantastic idea. What people will say is, well, what government is going to vote for that to make sure that happens? Okay, so if you've got this financial accountability officer, they are a government agency. They are paid for by our taxes. They are allegedly, and best I've been able to tell, they are considered independent. They're not considered on one side or the other. Should we not then say, before you can submit a budget for public consumption, You have to run it through this office so they agree on whether or not these numbers and you, until they okay it and say, we, we agree that this is a legitimate budget with a legitimate accounting. You cannot present this to the public. To me, then let's use that office and let's have a constant thing where we know what we're talking about. Because right now we have no clue. We have no clue. And I agree with what you're saying, but my question to you, as I just said earlier, what government in power is going to put that in place and then agree to that. What is, who is going to vote? Because, because I'll tell you who, any government in their first month in office before they start to run into 
the issues that every government will eventually fall into. But when if you're you, brand new... If, if you're brand new and you put this in place, then all of a sudden you find yourself... What if you find yourself in a predicament where you're like, ooh, guess what? We can't do something now because those dollars are over here when we really kind of needed them over here. But every government believes, and I, I'm, I don't think they're lying. I think every government truly believes that they will be different than the one before and they won't find themselves in that position. So they would be open, I think, to passing something like this, especially if you ran on it. I think this would be something, this is not something that's going to win you an election, but I think as a plank of your platform to say, we're going to run everything through this office. So when we say, here are the dollars, you can have confidence that these are the dollars. As it stands right now, I agree with you. I don't think that we can, that the average person, other than those who are deeply politically affiliated, who, if you are a liberal, you're going to believe the liberals. Of if you're course. a conservative, you're going to believe the conservatives. But for all the people who find themselves in the middle ground somewhere... How do you know whether you're supposed to believe the Wynn government or the Auditor General or the Financial Accountability Officer because all it is is a different form of account? No one, I don't think, has, and has said Kathleen Wynn is lying through her teeth about this. What they're saying is these are two different methods of accounting with certain things. In one case, they're being held as a liability. In one case, they're being held as a positive thing. But we can't agree on what that is. They're, they're, hey, creative accounting is, as helped, old as has helped a lot of people a lot of times. Um, I, I, another concern I might have is the the FAO. Who's to say people can't get into their ear all of a sudden? Possibly, possibly. You know, I, I, there's there is really no win win win, and not Kathleen win. There's no win situation. Do this. I don't think for anyone. I love the idea. I love the suggestion, Scott, but I just don't think it's something that could ever fully take place I just, and be followed. I don't know how you vote for a government, especially one when we are in financial difficulties. How do you vote for government on for any of these if you don't really know what's going on financially? Because you're not voting based on finances. You're 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 voting based on the creative and the attack ads. You're voting on Maybe. a face that you, you recognize mm, and you know. Not this. See, well, there will be lots of attack ads in this election. Of course I, there, there will, will be. be. But in this election, especially, I think you are voting on the finances because you've got Kathleen Wynne who has come out with a very expensive, but very, they would call it giving, a very compassionate, but expensive platform. You've got Andrea Horvath, whose platform is even more compassionate and more caring and more expensive. And Doug Ford, who wants to cut some stuff back because he says we can't afford this anymore. So it's not quite as in the term of the parlance caring, but it may be more financially controlled. But if you don't know what the money is, how do we know whether we can afford any of these things or whether we need to have cuts. But that's what I'm saying. The average voter truly doesn't know. And, exactly. And, 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 they, and they won't know. That's why you vote for the lesser of the three evils. Who, who's, who's not going to put us in more trouble? That's how I think a lot of people vote. If you did your taxes, and I hope you did, but if you did your taxes and you came up with a creative accounting method, so you counted half of your income somehow is a liability because you were having a bad day. You know, you counted half, well, half the time I went to work, I hated my job and therefore this, uh, you know. I know what you're saying. You come I up with it. some crazy explanation. The people at Revenue Canada aren't going to say, oh, well, you know, we disagree, but, exactly. you know, okay, you've made your point. No, 
they're not going to say that. They're going to say, we have a standard here that we agree on and that you are forced to agree on. Right. And, but the penalty, but the, and, and, and I see what you're saying, the penalties for us to be creative and to try are to severe. get away with are severe. What are the penalties to There are no penalties. You get voted out. You Maybe. St- you, you still get a great package. You probably end up being a consultant. You get a media job somewhere and you're still making tons of money. You are, as a politician, at that, you are not hit financially hard in the pocket like you are if you're an everyday citizen just putting in your taxes creatively. But you've added something that you say you get voted out. I don't know that you get voted out. You may, if you can come up with enough goodies, you may be voted in again, even though, be, because we don't know what the real money is. Look, if, if Kathleen Wynne and the Liberals are right, and it's a six, you know, $6 billion is still a lot of money, and we're way in debt, and I, that concerns me greatly. But if Kathleen Wynne is right, and they say it's $6 billion, but because of the uh, growth of our economy, our economy, that we can compensate for this and actually start whittling away at the debt. That's one thing. And you can then, if you wanted to, you could vote for her with a reasonable degree of confidence that, okay, it's a lot of money we're spending, but we can cover for that. But if Kathleen Wynne is wrong, what is going to happen is we are going to continue to pile more and more money onto our debt, Mm -hmm. which someone has to pay for down the road. It's a significant thing that we need to know or should need to know before an election happens and it should affect how we vote it should affect how a lot of people vote on this one i'm i do and i'm sitting here with suspicions but i don't know who's right i don't know who is correct in this so how do i make an intellectual educated vote based on a complete lack of ability of, of information because we can't agree on how to do the finances and and, and that's that's part and parcel of what the the big problem is. And I think I've heard this a number of times. I'm sure you have too. If the liberals don't win, it's, it's not because it's because the people want to change it. That that's, that's why they won't win. It's just because people are tired of it. And I don't think it has anything to do with the finances personally. We're just tired of the liberals. We're tired of the red. We're tired of of all the yakking. That's kind of sad. It is kind of sad. We should want to vote because we are educated on what the issues are and what we want our province to be, not just because, oh, you know what? I'd like to see a new face on the news every night, not Kathleen Wynne. I think that's a big part of it, though. And that may still lead you to vote against Kathleen Wynne. That's fine. But it has to be based on something, and we can't agree. We can't agree. It it would almost be like, uh, again, I'm trying to think of a good analogy here, but two kids who are beginners, who are learning to play piano for the first time. And one person, when they say, we're going to teach you the C scale, starts on the let on middle C and teaches them the C scale. Mm -hmm. And the other who knows no better, the teacher says, we're going to teach you the C scale and starts on G and teaches you a G scale. You've both been told the same thing is true. Only one of you is right. Yeah, okay. How do we, and, and, and surely we know from the music analogy that one of them is right. Surely there is some way we can establish so everybody knows what is the C scale when it comes to provincial or federal or municipal politics so we don't have to guess at this. But I don't know if there is any right or wrong in politics. Like in, 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 in music, I see what you're saying. You have to play the C chord and the G chord to make the song sound how it's supposed to sound. I get it. But there's no, that, that isn't how politics works. There's no right or wrong to it. But there is we, with we just money. Want, 
We the, the money. You can talk morally. You can talk ethically. You can talk planks. All those kind of things. But when it comes to basic accounting, there should be a right and wrong. There should be. That's the one part of this that we should be able to establish as true. And from there, you can make up all the other stuff you want. But the basic numbers, the accounting, should be able to be established. Yes, but as we all know, any any business, again, as we alluded to, gets creative, and they can put things other under other umbrellas. And they can sway this and sway that to make things look good for themselves or worse for the competition. You're right, though. I don't expect any government to actually suggest this because you want to keep the door open so you can play. I love your idea, Scott. Yeah. That's why no government will ever do it. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 6 to 8, only on 900 CHML. Mm, Several days ago... Once, once beloved actor slash comedian Bill Cosby was convicted of uh, some very bad behavior. And I saw an editorial cartoon that somebody did, and it really got me thinking about the stuff that he was behind. I don't mean the sexual assaults. I mean the artistic stuff, the Cosby show and Fat Albert and especially those ones, his stand-up comedy is a very personal thing. I can understand how people could not really listen to that comfortably now because there's, that's really Bill Cosby being Bill Cosby and you feel uncomfortable about Bill Cosby now. But knowing what we know now about his behavior, could you watch the Cosby show now? Could you watch Fat Albert now and and still see it as entertainment or would you go, oh, I can't do that. You and I talked uh, about something fair, somewhat similar a while ago. I think it was regarding Headley. I'm the mindset where I can separate artistic ability from something personal. If something Bill Cosby has done um, uh, on stage, let me clarify this, is funny. Uh, if there's a TV show that he has been on that I enjoy... I can still watch that because that's art, that's artistic, that's comedy, whatever you want to call it. I don't have to agree with, and I think what he's done behind the scenes is disgusting, but I can compartmentalize. I can put that aside. You can separate the art from the artist. I I can separate that, uh, hands down. We talked about that with Headley. Um, Horrible things were done. Horrible things were said. He's he's been convicted. There's justice now for uh, for this one woman in particular, and hopefully for the, some of the other. Um, so I, I don't think you're supposed to call them victims, uh, survivors. Uh, I believe is the right term. Well, we, uh, I, I, I mean that's that's tricky too, and some people will take issue with this. I until there is a conviction. Of, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what you're supposed to call people who allege behavior because to call them a survivor assumes guilt before guilt has been uh, established to not call them a survivor, I guess sounds like it disbelieves them, which may be unfair. We know there is one survivor or one victim, however you want to describe them. We know that is the case with Bill Cosby for sure. So we've got that. The other is too complicated for me right now to be able to figure out what the proper thing is. And I don't want to be sounding insensitive. Just so the the listeners know that, you know, I, I don't know what the term is either. Um, Jerry Seinfeld, and I forget the show he was on. I, I, it was some talk show, and he was asked, "What? who was one of your biggest influences growing up? And he flat out said, Bill Cosby. And there was a hush. 
but you you you're not going to lie. You're not going to you're not going to make something else up. If that is truly who inspired you to become who you are as a professional comedian, well, and that was a no, long time ago. That was way before he knew anything about this. I know, stuff. but but no, but no. He this interview he just had was recently. No, no, but but when he inspired him many years ago, of that course. was way. So he's and, not and saying so you and I were watching these shows many years ago, right? And we're laughing then. Why would it? It's the, the the shows were still wholesome and and family yeah, values. Yeah, there's a vast the difference. Show was. There's a vast difference between saying thirty years ago, well before I knew anything about his behavior, Bill Cosby inspired me, and saying after I knew about what he had done, Charles Manson inspired me. There's a vast difference in that area. Uh, by the way, Phil writes in. I can still hear you, but there are lulls in the show when I hope the power goes out. Oh, <laughs> Phil. He signs it sarcastic in Hamilton. He's just having fun. Phil. Phil I can't promise that we're going to either get any better or cause the power to go out, so you're just going to have to live with us. Um, At no, least I, he's still tuned in. The the You mentioned Headley, and we did talk about Headley a couple months ago because we know that the allegations against the singer of that band... The difference with Bill Cosby, I think, is stark. And that is Headley as a musical act, you can listen to music. There is nothing intrinsically in music. Now, the words may have stuff, but there's nothing intrinsically in music that you would say, that's really that guy and so I can't listen. Comedy is a different thing. When I, If you are now watching Bill Cosby, the question, the reason I ask this Comedy is different. Can you laugh knowing what's going on behind there? You can enjoy a tune because a tune could be anybody. Yeah, but if, if you can listen to the melody, but if you truly listen to the words, that probably is really the artist. Yeah, it's this one. So yes, if 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 I if I wanted to go back and if I wanted to go on YouTube and watch a Bill Cosby thing, I would laugh still. Because he he was clever at what he did. He was a comedic genius. He was. He was. And and Fat Albert. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I don't. First of all, I don't think that any TV station is ever going to have an interest or a desire to risk the public outrage by putting the Cosby show back on the air. That that may happen. Well, you know when that might happen? That might happen maybe after Bill Cosby dies because we know there was all kinds of, well, Michael Jackson was charged. He went to, on trial for doing stuff with kids. There was suspicions about what happened with kids. But people still went and watched him play his music and sold out his concerts. They did, but even then- there was the the widespread return to it being okay to listen to Michael Jackson happened after he was gone. Suddenly it was like, okay, we can play Michael Jackson again. We can like Michael Jackson. There's something about when the person is gone. So maybe that happens with Bill Cosby. Maybe five years after he dies, we start to see the Cosby show pop up again. I doubt it though. I don't. I think that somehow that show in particular, because that is so... Front and center, Bill Cosby. I think it becomes very difficult for a lot of people to do what you do and separate it. And and here's the thing. Again, we had no clue what was going on behind the scenes. You think back to the Cosby show. That was good, wholesome family viewing. There are a lot of great life lessons in those shows. Take Bill out of it just for a second. Think about the other. Think of uh, Felicia Rashad and and Theo and 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 and, and the little girl. The other ones. The, the, the other ones. 
they all had life experiences where it was almost a teaching show. Sure it was. So, yes, there's all the negative behind the scenes that was happening that we had no clue. Even their cast members didn't know. But it's, it's a show that can really teach people things. The irony of all this is that I kind of expect that if Bill Cosby had been a shock comedian, had been someone who was offensive over the top, and that person would probably have a better chance having their stuff played again. Revival, yeah. Because it was like, well, what did you expect from that person? That's what he was like. What did you expect? That's what he said. That's what he did. Mm -hmm. But with Bill Cosby, as you say, as the family-friendly, upright, lesson guy, Fat Albert, to me, we will see it again. Fat Albert will show up on TV again because... Yeah, it's got Bill Cosby voice and Bill Cosby's voice, and it was Bill Cosby behind it, and it's Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids. But it's not Bill Cosby's face. You don't really realize necessarily that it's. You're not thinking about Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm. I I believe there's an awful lot of people who just could never again find anything he says funny, and and I understand that. I understand that, but it's it's amazing what. A guy's life work, a guy's life. It's come crashing down. Gone. Yep. Like all that stuff, the the legacy that you left, all, everything else, gone. Yep. Yeah. It's got to watch what you do, what you say. Well, more than watch. You got to, you got to not be, I mean, anything I say is going to sound sarcastic. I'm not trying to be sarcastic. I, I exactly I'm not trying to be sarcastic. Surely, surely you know better than to be raping people or drugging people to have, it just, like, it just blows me away that when you think of Bill Cosby, that the story that, that what he, what Bill Cosby, the guy in the eighties that we grew up with for the, that, that guy, when we now think of Bill Cosby, mm-hmm. what we're going to be thinking of is drugging and raping. How, I mean, it's just, it's stunning it's that that's, it really is. It is. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 6 to 8, only on 900 CHML. I was sitting, Mike, in front of the TV for a few minutes last night when I got home, watching the end. Uh, I was flipping between the Bulldogs and the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> yeah, there's really um, nothing to say there's to not that. much to say to that. Uh, A team that won 59 games this year <clears throat> and has shown itself in typical fashion in the playoffs to be as mentally flappy and weak as any team I've ever seen before. Anything goes wrong and those guys fold up and they do it year after they can change their style. They can learn to shoot threes. They can spread it out. They can bring in different people. Psychologically, mentally weak, weak, weak. LeBron James hits a few shots and the whole team just folds like a complete house of cards. Anyway, watching that, Remembering that it's only a week ago the Leafs were eliminated from the playoffs in, again, painful fashion. I'm glad and, I actually didn't get to watch that. And just a couple, around that same time, TFC is down in Mexico and blows their CONCACAF Champions Cup Championship to the sixth place team in the Mexican League. Not even a good team. I think they're a sixth place team. Not even, they've beaten the two good teams and then they play a weak team and they blow it. Has there ever, I mean, there have been a lot of sour moments for Toronto and Southern Ontario sports fans over the years. There's been a lot. It's 51 years now since the Leafs won. Mm -hmm. Raptors have never won. Uh, 
Has there ever been, though, a week or two-week span that has been this painful for fans around here? I can't think of one. I can't think of one because there was a lot of excitement and optimism about the Leafs. Yeah. There was a ton around the Raptors. TFC was supposed to win this thing at every single one. Just one swift kick in the package after another. I, I'm I'm really while you're talking I'm really trying to rack my brain I, I don't think so however I'm almost not that surprised we we, we grow we, we've grown up in this southern Ontario market where it has just always been that way that way that with mediocrity. a few with a few with a few uh, little things on the scale where you spike up a couple World Series awesome uh, a few playoff runs, 93, Gretzky, Kelly, uh, Terry, Fra- Karen, Kerry Frazier. But other than that, we're, I think we're just used to it here. Now, if, if, you're, if you're a Red Sox fan or if you're a Cubs fan, you say, wait a second. What you guys have dealt with is nothing. Look what we had to deal with. But now, look, they're almost like the city of champions now. Yeah, but hold on a sec, too. You can say, mm-hmm. if you're in Chicago or Boston, look what we had to deal with. But... While their baseball teams were going through long droughts, Celtics were winning. Celtics were winning. The Patriots were winning. The Blackhawks were winning. The Bulls had Michael Jordan, and they were winning. They have not suffered. Fair Tor- enough. Toronto fans, if you are a fan of any Toronto sport, since ninety two, ninety three, which is twenty five years and now. Circle out. You can even go to the Bills. A lot of Toronto fans are also Bills yeah, fans in the but NFL. Twenty five years. You've had. A few Argo Grey Cups, which, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, CFL fans, but the Argos don't register in Toronto. Those don't even matter to 99% of Toronto sports fans. And those who are outside of Toronto who are CFL fans aren't cheering the Argos winning. Agreed. And you have TFC that won last year, which was terrific. It was exciting. But TFC still remains... Not in the same category as the Raptors, Leafs, no. and Blue Jays. They're, they're page three, four. It's uh, it's it's a remarkable thing that one city in one area can be just punished like this psychologically, mentally, over and over and over and over. It, it really snake is. Bitten. But doesn't that make us maybe stronger? Doesn't that make us stronger? Enjoy, doesn't that make us enjoy the winning moments that much more? Like, can you imagine when the Leafs and they will when the Leafs win the cup at some point? The roof is going to blow. You uh, might as well just shut everything down in the GTHA for a month. It might not happen in our lifetime. It may not happen <laughs> in our lifetime. And if the Winnipeg Jets go on and win this year and just rub the salt into Toronto's wounds, because they've only been back in the NHL for, you know, as long enough to have a cup of coffee uh, after the party, that'll drive everyone in Toronto and Montreal and Vancouver, everywhere else crazy, even though Winnipeg is as benign a franchise and city as there is in Canada. Nobody hates Winnipeg, do they? Nobody outside. I mean, oh, I think you got a lot of people, people hate cheer. Ottawa. People hate Vancouver teams. Nobody hates Winnipeg. Winnipeg's there. That, that that actually looks like one of the most enjoyable arenas that you'd want to go to watch a game at. Sure it does. I don't think any, I mean, what Winnipeg folks would be wise to do, quite honestly, is if they do win or if they get really close to winning, don't be sniping at people in other Canadian cities because people actually right now kind of like you. Exactly. They're okay with you winning. They're kind of on board. If you, if their own team can't win, okay, Winnipeg can win because we got no beef with Winnipeg. Don't then go and make enemies around the rest of the country exactly. by being 
dingbats. But anyway, high that's, on your horse. That's that's what may happen. I just I I I can't think of another place that has suffered like Southern Ontario, like Toronto sports fans in sports. I, yeah, I, out west. I, I, yeah, there's always seems to be winners except us. A lot of them. Which you know maybe that's that's just who we are. We will go through life without ever having the Toronto Maple Leaf Stanley Cup sweater. <laughs> without the t-shirt. Hey, you can never buy the t-shirt. We have the bat flip. You know, it's, we do. And it's a great moment. And Which then, you were at. Uh, I was. And then there was the Edwin Encarnacion walk-off against Baltimore <laughs> the next year. There are great moments. The sad part, if you're a Toronto sports fan or a Southern Ontario sports fan is... The best moments over the past 25 years don't involve a championship. They don't even involve a championship series. They are great, wonderful, amazing, memorable moments. But if you say to a person in Boston and they say, what's your best moment? You say, Batista with the bat flip, they go, wait, in the first round of the playoffs? I know. Sorry, wake us up when you get to a finals. Wake us up when you win... Some championships. So does that say something? About, I, I don't know how we can dig deeper into this. Is there is something psychological about it? Is is, is it, I, it'd be very interesting if there was a study done on this. Why Southern Ontario? Why are they so snake bit? Why can't they push it over the edge? Drake. I blame Drake. I blame oh, everything I blame Drake on Drake for a lot of stuff too. It's all Drake's fault. <laughs> That's what he sounds like. You know that, right? My daughter. Hates, oh, I'm hates I'm not a, I'm that. not a Drake fan. I blame Drake. We should trade Drake to Cleveland, and then we would start winning this series. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. We anyway, yeah. if you are a Toronto sports fan, and we've all been there. We've all, we all, to some degree or another, are rooted. I mean, uh, would I like to see the Raptors beat the Cavaliers finally? Sure. Well, who? Of course. Would I like to see the Maple Leafs in a Stanley Cup final. I'd like a lot of things to experience once in my life. That would be something I would love to see, the Leafs in the final. So we're rooting. It's not like we're rooting against them. No, I'd I love don't. to see the Jays in the World Series again. Of course. And and it will happen. I, I know we got to go. You got to see the trivia. While in Disney, one thing that I thought was awfully cool and I was awfully proud of, and every time I got into a conversation, there were a lot, and I mean a lot, of Crosby jerseys being worn really? at Disney at the theme parks. And I, every once in a while, I'd walk by, I'm like, hey, that's our boy. Canadian, eh? And I couldn't believe the Crosby jerseys at all different parks. It was really? crazy. Maybe yes. there was some sort of Sidney Crosby exhibit. No, there wasn't. I would have seen it. I would have been there, but just a ton of Pittsburgh. Does Epcot now have a East Coast pavilion? They don't just have Canada. Now they have Maritimes. We, we spent too much time in the Mexican one having tequila, margaritas, <laughs> and tacos. Oh, yeah. The German one's pretty good, too. Oompa. Yeah, the German one's pretty good. You I can have the Oompa-Pa band and eat uh, sausages and other schnitzel fine bun. schnitzel meats. The Scott Radley Show. The Scott Radley Show. Weeknights from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML.